Welcome again to Big Screen Auckland. I'm Nige. I'm Corey. And this is a podcast where we ramble about movies and shit and what's on on the big screens around Auckland. But this is a special rapid fire episode because Film Fest in Auckland at the moment. We're in full swing here. We're full swing of the Auckland Film Fest, absolutely. Usually we have nice acoustics in my dining room. There's great editing, courtesy of me. Planned out notes, we ramble heaps, we slur over our beers, um, and then we finish up on a what's on section. Not at the moment because there's a rapid fire. We're recording in a car. There's no time to think about shit. It's going to be full of ums and ahs. We're sober, and there's no what's on segment because the only thing other than Harry Potter, on movies at the moment, is the film fest. And uh, we're just going to talk about spoilers for a second. We're pretty easy flowing when it comes to giving our opinions and their information about the films, and we'll happily reveal and ruin important plot things, so if you really don't want to hear us. We're going to make somewhat of an effort, because it's the uh, film fest in town, but yeah, this is your warning. So what you're about to hear is a few rough segments um, just stuck together. The Turin Horse. The Turin Horse. By your man, Bellatar. This wasn't something that we were planning on. The Turin Horse was never going to be one that we're going to put on the pod, but uh, we've both had very strong reactions to it, so we thought we'd squeeze in an extra recording. I have a text here that Corey sent me. We were having a little scuffle before we had to run off to other movies or some shit the other night. I think so. But here was his follow-up text I want to read you all. As I was saying, I did love it, but that's possibly due to not watching enough slow films. Because, man, was it different. The point I was dying to get across was the incredible difference in feeling I got from watching that compared to The Woman. One full of story, but felt pretty meh in general. The other, no story, no anything really. But I came out way more entertained. It felt so much more like a film as opposed to a movie. I didn't love every second of it, but I did love it. Shit, it even felt much shorter than it was. And to come out of it feeling so enthralled for a film with zero content has to, in my mind, be due to the set, the old man, that weird speech by the neighbour, eating potatoes, her with no salt, him like a hero, the opening horse scene, powering down the road in one long extended shot, the wind, leaves and the dust, hitching and unhitching that stubborn dying horse, <laughs> pace and repetition, thoroughly enjoyed. How's that for a mammoth fucking text? You know, I don't, I don't spell it in the real world, I had to text that shit, that was, that was, that was <laughs> conservation of words. <laughs> And it was still 700, I think. It was like four Twitter tweets. I was... I, I, didn't, I didn't get it. I loved the filming. I loved the sound. I'm estimating I was with it for about 40 minutes. That horse, which was a damn fine-looking what, what horse. What was the runtime, just to give it some perspective? Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Okay, so you got two-thirds through the first hour. And it was wonderful. It starts off with, um, he brings a horse home, the daughter comes out, helps him unsaddle it, put it away, takes him in, helps dress dad, because he's only got use of one arm. Then he has a little rest while she boils a potato... <laughs> Then they come and eat the potato, then they go to bed, right? That's what happens. That was 40 minutes in real time. That would drive 90% of filmgoers mental. The Transformers crowd, even the... Only 10% of the cinema walked out. So that's what happens. But it was so beautifully shot. The black and white was so awesome. Everything was done in ridiculously long shots. When you're outside, you had this massive amount of wind. When you're inside, you had this looping cello score thing that made everything seem serious and sad and important. (laughs) And it was really good. Very gripping. And yeah, like you said, the way they ate the potato, just everything had so much detail. Those cameras were fucking brilliant. And out in the stables, that great looking horse, the, the ropes, the, the big creaky wooden doors, the, totally with you. Ah, okay, carry Now, on. 40 minutes, I've made it through 40 minutes of real time watching just that. Having the time of your life, being enthralled, sucked in, itching to, having to bathe over you and fucking filmic goodness. Now, 40 minutes. Filmic goodness. It comes up day two. 
<laughs> and they do it all again. There was probably some narration over the course of the night. Often it would fade to black for... Yeah, it would have a 20-second scene of narration, yeah, hmm. before playing that 40 minutes again. <laughs> yeah, but the second time around it was only 30. Like They didn't make you suffer yeah. that much. Like, he didn't yeah. take the horse in. But, the, I mean, and it was exciting enough that it went backwards. They got out of bed. They got dressed. <laughs> they went and saddled the horse. The horse wouldn't work. Then they play it in forward motion again. They unsaddle the horse. They come in. They get changed again. They cook more potatoes. They eat more potatoes. They go to bed. Okay. Infuriating. And day three they do it again. All the way through to six days. But each time it's a little different. So day one is like bookended by that fucking incredible driving the horse up the road where he comes back from work. I couldn't help myself. I was looking for like, where's the dolly tracks? Is they on the back of a four-wheel drive motor? How are they filming it? Right underneath and right up under the horse's face, then back out again, then side, then like zoom right in on the saddlery or whatever it was, and those freakish muscles and, and the driver whipping it, the cab bouncing all over the shit, the stark black and white. I think the wind was picking up. That was the guts of day one. Day two beats the horse and it won't move anywhere. So he goes back inside. He gets undressed. And he's in a bit of a puff. It's subtly different from the one before. Eats less of his potatoes. Stares at the window. And the fucking wind. And then and then it's night time. And then she goes to the water again. And it's the wind. And the, ah, it's all over it. How many people do you think you've sold? Ah, fuck them all. It was so it good. It wasn't so good. It was so good, you know. And then the well's dry. It's like every little day was a little bit different. He's eating a bit less. That wasn't enough. All the elements that you mentioned that you liked were all good. Yep. And they should have been good for two minutes, maybe five minutes. 40 minutes was pushing it, (laughs) but because I'm such a film nerd, I was still with it. I think I can handle it more than most, so I got to 40 minutes. But five lots of the same 40 minutes. Yes, was fucking me off. It felt like an Andy Kaufman sketch where he's like, I'm going to test these motherfuckers. How many times do you reckon I can play this in a row, just looping it? How long will it take for the entire audience to leave? Social experiment. That's what it felt like to me. He was fucking with us. There was no artistic merit after the 40-minute mark. Nothing but artistic merit <laughs> in that. That's what you want to see more of in future? No, no. They're not all going to be filmed that way, but I'd see more of that, yeah. I'd watch that again. I'd watch that again now. Are you serious? Oh, of course I'd watch that again. I'm, how do I acquire this film? I'm having so much trouble I'm hoping you watch it again can... one day. There's no way I'd sit through it. Oh, come on. No, I hated it. I loathed it. Not even like if you weren't tired and had like... No, nothing happened, dude. This is my first Balatar. I'd already seen Workmeister Harmony or whatever same thing same long slow shots you'd have seven minutes of just people walking nothing happening but it was punctuated by things there was a riot scene with you know a cast of 200 there was workmen looking for jobs in the town square there was um, a bizarre giant whale that appeared out of a truck trailer and stuff there was things that you're just going what am I watching this is opening me to a whole new world this one nothing happened at one stage they were out of water so they decided to move house they walked over a hill but then they walked back man watching load that cart and her like doing all the work on the cart tying the horse to the back and like her packing packing scene I don't know it was just so you know, much any enjoyment other movie, from... any other good movie that you call good like let's say the holy pulp fiction right Yeah. let's say she had to go and tie a horse up <laughs> that would have taken 10 seconds and been cool this took 15 minutes for her to tie a horse up what for? Different films, man. I don't know how the argument works. Like, if this film, if the, if the dad had turned to the daughter and had a uh, five-minute dialogue about fucking foot massages, 
I might have been like, oh, try hard. No, it was just so unique, and I was relishing that. As I said in my text, I didn't like all of it. Some parts were long. I was lucky I had a V. I'd had it first day at work, and it was a bloody long day, and I felt like an hour 40. I was really immersed in it, all up in that shit. It was, <laughs> it was insane how much I was digging it and dying to know what happened, and every time something would happen. But I, nothing happened. It would be morning, and I'm like, they're dressing him any second now. Like, ah, I can't wait to see how much of that palinka he drinks. Why is that exciting? I don't know. I'm really fascinated, but glad you were entertained. There was zero entertainment for me after a wee while. There were scenes where they'd finish eating and clear the table and go to bed, and the camera stays on the dining fucking table. <laughs> and there's no characters in screen, and we just sit there watching nothing. And then you'd hear one of them talk to the other one from the other side of the room. Or she'd come to the door, but we'd focus on the door for 30 seconds before she even got into frame. We're looking at a piece of wood, full screen. Black and white, with that same looped cello 10 seconds that we've had for the last two hours, <laughs> staring at a piece of wood. That's mean. Maybe it was mean. It's like a good Bellatar film with all the interesting bits taken out. I'll have to watch Rickmeister Harmonies and give you my opinion. Maybe he's my new favourite and I've come in at the tail end. No, I don't know. It was quintessential reason why I go to film fests. Yeah. Martha, Macy, May, Marlene, other films we've loved. Those are uh, incredible movies that I was expecting to be incredible. Mm. And they were incredible for all the same reasons other films are incredible because their this was good and their that was good. This, to me, was a boon me that I enjoyed. Mm. Maybe this is why people that watch boon me come out filled with what I have and give it the grand jury prize. Yep. This was my boon me. Mm. And I don't know why, but, you know... Fuck it. Not only was there people in there that walked out, there's people that didn't pick it, and I feel sorry for them. There's people that not so much watched it and didn't like it. That's totally fine. At least you've seen it. But how am I ever going to convince people to go? You're right. It's going to be impossible to convince anybody to see it. The only way you're going to make people see this is if you buy it on DVD and lock them into it in your lounge when they come over for dinner parties. Do and you... I can't see that going well. Are you a film fan? Just have you got two and a half hours? Just watch this. You could put music on and maybe drink over top of it. But what? <laughs> why would you be doing that? Bobby? I want to screen it in the corner at parties. It's my Jodorowsky. But do you think That's you're going to bring people over to the course who go, hey man, what, what was that? That was really awesome. You don't think it could have the same pull as the American astronaut? No. <laughs> Should I buy it on DVD, insert it and edit it down to like an hour? <laughs> the world's coolest film. They do everything really fast. Like just play it on fast forward. Even then, nothing happens. When he ate We've the been potato? watching short films where stuff happens in five minutes. This was two and a half hours of nothing happening. Then I just want to YouTube that horse scene and just have that shit on loop. I want that soundtrack. I'm going to drive somewhere intently listening to that cello repeat. I'd rob a bank to that music. Mm. It was good music. All ten seconds of it. Yeah. Nah, man, the repetition worked. To be honest, all in all, that was the one thing that I hated, but I hated it so damn much. I loved everything about the thing. Just the repetition, man. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, man, I was itching to see what he did with the salt. He takes the skin of it and, like, dips in the salt and has, like, a little crispy, salty skin bite before he... He smashed it in a different way every time and it's super hot potatoes on his hand and he's getting in there. Are you getting this, air audience? This is... Okay, enough, enough. But next, though, we're going to go and talk to the boss himself, Bill Gosden, so... Fist director, here we go. Well, somehow our half-drunk ramblings about movies have uh, afforded us yet another opportunity to talk to the great, the don of the film fest, Bill Gosden. Uh, we're going to watch our P's and Q's for a little bit and have a bit of a gush fest, if that's okay, Bill. Yeah, be my guest. I'm in the middle of my favourite three-week period of the year. 
Yours too? No. <laughs> <laughs> when it's going well, it's great. For most Although of it does last a, a bit longer than three weeks for me, of course. After this, it goes to Wellington and then travels. Yeah, normally there's a 10-day overlap between the two festivals, but this year it's only three days. So the mm. Auckland-Wellington, you know, from the start opening night of Auckland to the closing night in Wellington, that's a month already. And True. I will go down to the South Island for a few days after that. I'm also heading down to Dunedin briefly next week for the reopening of the fabulous Regent Theatre. It's a wonderful place. Hopefully even more wonderful. Mm. Certainly more wonderful than the last time I sat in it where there were very few seats and no carpet and it's a big hole where the screen ought to be. <laughs> just to stick yeah, up for Auckland, there's probably no elephant chandeliers that I'm staring at or Buddha statues behind me. No, it's not quite the civic, it's true. Never mind, I'm not even from Auckland. You don't do the, the travelling... And make a few kind of random appearances. surprises. <laughs> we don't have a festival in Wanganui. Oh, less. They, sure they, they manage without there. us somehow. Tragedy. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about, because I've been, I've got a new 20 favourite films. Yeah. Because um, you see some here that you haven't seen before. Yeah, I have seen a few. I've seen Sleeping Sickness, Ooh, plus a complimentary first five minutes of Attenberg. <laughs> <laughs> have you had any that have jumped out at you with the more opinions? The way crowds react to certain things. Have you been in any great screenings here? Well, Love Story was pretty amazing. That love fest that opened the festival. Um, yeah, the that... one we were in. Great. <laughs> Good one, Corey. Good decision. <laughs> hey, what can I say? Yeah, well, that was a pretty extraordinary night. And I think Brother Number One on Sunday, the kind of the power of the emotion that the exchange between the subject and the audience there, although that's not so much about cinema as just about the subject matter. I mean, that was a pretty electric screening. I've been to so many, you're making me feel like say, I've seen yeah. nothing. Did you enjoy that? You pick 70, you pick half the films on offer and he's written off you go. Uh, no, well, I nice. guess, I mean, both of those films were world premieres too, so we had no idea how it would go. So there's a yeah. certain amount of tension around that situation anyway, particularly from the filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, true. So, yeah, those were terrific occasions. We'll be on the uh, mailing list next year. Bill will just email us the top. <laughs> <laughs> those were a little less predictable, I guess. I thought I didn't attend it myself, but La Dolce Vita screening seems to have gone extremely well. I've got to admit, I wasn't a fan. It was my first. I'm not a, f- I'm not a huge Fellini fan myself. Mm. That's my second. I saw La Strada mm. earlier this year. Go back a little bit further <laughs> to Vitelloni, perhaps, where he still has a kind of foot in the neo-realist camp. Mm. It gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> Amacord, I think, is pretty hard to take. Well off track. It didn't matter that I didn't really get the film. It was seeing it on the civic screen. Yeah, uh, definitely. The, the sound in it, it yeah. looked great. It didn't matter. It was still an enjoyable two and a half hours or whatever it was. Yeah, and what, you know, Marcello and his suits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was certainly there. Yeah, you can see why Gucci get involved with that um, program. Yeah. And I'm very pleased they do. No free Gucci sponsor for you. You wear that hoodie everywhere. I Actually, know. I've, I've got to I'm, ask. I'm, under, to I'm ask. underpacked. I'm I desperately underpacked when I came up here and I'm we were feeling very was, self-conscious about it. We were thinking it was Film Fest and director uniform and when you hung out with your other Film Fest <laughs> no, director buddies and talked no. film... I promised cool. to bring back some new clothes from Wellington for the weekend. We won't see this at Nosferatu? No, probably not. <laughs> we like this hoodie, actually. Well, that's good. That's very good. I'm pleased you like it because it's definitely been very much in evidence. No worries. I like your hat. <laughs> there you go. What's what yours, it? actually? Oh, yeah. You've left it on a cinema seat again, haven't no, you? No, no. <laughs> That's only when I'm sneaking out of... We've done some incredible cross-town um, leave Rialto at 6.30 and have to be, um, you know, the Civic at quarter to seven. Mm. I've done a few of those, yeah. It's yeah. part of the fun, Not though. so much. 
Is it? Yeah. It was much easier. <laughs> well, it was much easier for us when it was next door, you know, when we were at Queen Street. For a long time, up until last year, we had a screen next door in the Queen Street complex. Yeah, Cinema yeah, 6, yeah. in fact. Yeah, That's I right. saw um, yeah. Death Note there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be right. So that was much more convenient as far as the festival administration was concerned. Speaking of admin, we hear you've got a fantastic office in the Civic. <laughs> Have you been in there? No, no, no we've only oh, heard his really. nickname. What's your highlight thus far? Prepared question, folks. What's your highlight thus far, um, not film-wise, of your whole trip? But it was kind of film festival related, but there was a sort of impromptu dinner with the Snowtown guys, which was extremely enjoyable and illuminating. That was a highlight. And there haven't been a lot of that kind of thing so far this year. There's a few more social occasions planned in Wellington, where the coincidence of guests and my being around and available seems a bit better organised. And you know the local restaurants? Yeah, but there's some plenty of fine places around here to eat. You must know heaps of famous cats, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know none. Famous cats. That's a yes with a sly smirk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think who my most famous cat would be. I had a great conversation with Kitano when he was probably at the height of his fame, sort of around the summer teen time. He's and my I told I was going to say, he's been listening and he's... Just, well, and it went a little bit like this... He doesn't speak English. Mm. I mean, he may have picked up a bit more He's by now. He's too cool for that, let's yeah. face it. He has very cool translators, very handsome American guy. And I said to him that I thought that in all the kind of discussion of his films, I was very surprised how little attention got paid to his great skill as, a, as an editor. And mm. um, I said, I think you're a great editor. And then he said something back, and the translator came back and said, Mr. Catano says, you are a great schmoozer. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Catano, that's not bad. That was in Vancouver, which is a great festival where there's not the kind of stratification of the guest list that you get um, at much bigger festivals. It's a very friendly festival, very hospitable, and yeah, you can meet famous cats. Famous cats. Mm. Can I just ask them, we, we didn't get outrage... Tano's outrage. No, um, I haven't seen that myself, but others on the team had and thought that there were more interesting things and passed mm. it over, so it's not that we weren't aware of it. But yeah. Madman have acquired the rights, so I mean, it will at least get a local DVD release. But anyways, he wants to be, here we go. He's been letting us down lately, but this, this looked like a return to form. I watched the trailer, but it was unsubtitled. It was just gangsters yelling at each other. It yeah. looked fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think somebody told me it was like Kitano squared, which wasn't necessarily a good thing. Ah, I see. Look, you know, we're loving it. It's good. incredible. <laughs> the, the amount of films that I've watched that I've enjoyed immensely, the Winter Garden, all the venues are... How's the Winter Garden been? I've hardly been down there this week, actually. I don't That's know if they've been us. down. Yeah, to do a bit of prep to uh, use the Wi-Fi to grab a beer. Right. Just killed 10 minutes before a film. But yeah. has it been very lively down there this week at all? I think it pretty much depends what film's going in at the second session, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's been a bit of a shame because the shorts don't, haven't seemed to be, from what I can tell, weren't appreciated quite as much as maybe they should have. But I think it's because the films that are going on are so yeah. good and popular. that. Yeah, it's a hard one. Imagine word will slowly spread if it continues. Yeah. You know, you can grab a beer there first. or People definitely hang around the lobby. Too much, though. Too much hanging out in the lobby? 
there needs, there needs to be a, a banner across there saying this is a fucking entrance get out the way <laughs> when you I think go downstairs up, is, upstairs here's a great place to hang out I think it's roped off during the day, but mm. this used to be where there was a cafe years and years ago when Hoyt still had the theatre and everything was painted beige. <laughs> but you could hang up here, hang out up here. With famous cats. How did you get into this? Did you mean to end up here? I had no idea what here was, so... <laughs> this didn't exist as a job in your... In not your really, no. I um, After I graduated, I worked for an independent distribution company called New Zealand Film Services in Wellington. The guy who employed me there, Richard Weatherly, had bought the company. He'd come into some money. I think he inherited some money. And this distribution company had been quite successful and its success was based on the carry-on movies. You're yeah, my aware of those? a giant fan, yep. Okay. <laughs> there were, you know, hundreds and thousands of <laughs> giant fans. Yep. I think they pushed out three of those a year. There seemed to be one on every school holidays, although they weren't exactly kid fair. <laughs> I guess quite. all the smutty jokes just went over kids' heads, I don't know. And then they sort of turned 14 and began to get it. <laughs> so the carry-on movies had sustained film services and they'd had a few kind of cult hits like Chariots of the Gods which was a film about aliens having visited this planet it's also a book isn't it yeah about, it is mm. it's a weird theory that God were aliens and Jesus is something Trey bizarre yeah this is a very popular film and they handled like the Antonioni and Bergman and all those films where women took their shirts off that's important though. yeah so they'd been around for years and Richard bought the company and I went to work for him and it was after the first three months or so I actually found it kind of arduous and boring and I was casting around for things to do really I even applied for jobs in journalism and all kinds of things and then this job came up at the film festival and they were the tenants of New Zealand Film Services it was actually the New Zealand Federation of Film Societies with a secondment for three months every year to the Wellington Film Festival so that was how it started and I've been there you didn't dive in as director? No, I was not until I was 15. Look, you know. Don Looking for the man. Yeah. yeah. No, I started off as secretary administrator. And Lindsay Shelton was the director of the uh, film festival, and he was apparently quite concerned about my typing skills. He was hoping for someone a little more secretarial. <laughs> word has it. Oh, you probably never amount to anything, Bill. <laughs> if you hadn't have come here, was there another role in film that you might have pursued? Um, or was journalism a thing? I don't know. I sort of toyed with kind of writing for television. I had a very close friend who did do that and it was amazing how much money he was earning when we were both in our early 20s and I was mm. working at film services and he was working at television writing close to home. Oh, you embarrassed yourself by not yeah. knowing that. Yeah, so I did sort of, I kind of toyed with that but that was about it. But we're never going to get that Bill Gosden TV show. Oh, I don't know about TV but you know, there's probably a great trilogy lurking. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of Turin Horse? Because Nigel and I generally like the same films. This was one we clashed head on, ridiculously so. Uh -huh. What were your thoughts? Settle an argument. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised at how the theatricality of his films has become so attenuated so that it's not... A film like Satan Tango, which is, what, seven hours long, is a more exciting experience to watch, I think, than Tour and Horse. I didn't know that one either. Yeah, Satan Tango is his kind of magnum opus, ah. but it's got a lot more people in it. More people than Tour and Horse? Yeah, it's got a lot more people. <laughs> oh, there's some gypsies. Yeah, some gypsies. Yeah. Right? Some gypsies. <laughs> I only seen Vicmeister Harmony. Right. Okay. Uh, well, which that was a lot more people. He had riots yeah. and, and stuff. It was my yeah, first Bellator, actually. So. I mean, there's a theatricality about that that is much more striking than 
a deliberate pictorial style of tour and horse. Mm-hmm. I think I would end up kind of liking it actually. You know, I didn't have a totally happy experience watching it because of the presentation yeah. issues. Does it amuse you when people walk out? Uh, I think that compared to other festivals, we probably have a lower walkout rate than most, and it's largely because of something akin to honesty in advertising. I mean, that film was in a section called Slow Cinema, and a lot of the people yeah. who are going to walk out of that aren't going to walk into it in the first place. Yeah. But you could go to a festival where that film is going to be billed as a majestic masterpiece that, mm-hmm. um, without a lot of information about the nature of its mastery. I picked it because you saw the hum- harmonies, the, yeah. the stuffed dead whale film. But I think I'd sell that as like, wow, it's crazy. There's a there's whale and there's a right. It's you got to see. It. It's bizarre. Yeah, that worked for me. So that's why I went to this. Then I went yeah. and read the brochure again after seeing it, and it describes the opening scene following the horses. It charges along with that cart. I'm sold. What a film. Well, yeah. That wind, I think, played the fourth character. That was enough. I was really with it for about 40 minutes, I think. <laughs> Day one, I was totally with it. I thought the shot of her staring out the window as the dust and the camera coming onto her face as she's staring out the window, I thought that was absolutely mesmerizing. And every time True. she went outside, I thought it was bizarre, but there was this kind of jolt of energy about it. The moment she opened the door and the noise of the wind came up. and Watching Dad eat potatoes with one hand. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, the first time all right so i got down in my notes somewhere repetition was awesome <laughs> repetition <laughs> was infuriating that's as deep as i get the repetition yeah. was awesome i will try satan tango sometime both Just of you spare seven hours yeah i don't know how it's we'll, possible we'll, to see that we'll do a live seven hour episode <laughs> and blog our thoughts we were thinking of films that sum us up that we hold near and dear and anyone who knows Corey knows pulp fiction is the best film that was ever made yeah when i saw that when i was 14 that was it yeah, yeah. the one it's about. sort of the film that got you into it that thought there's a whole world I don't know about. Um, 18, 18. 18, sorry. <laughs> I was trying to think of mine. I think it might have been City of Lost Children. It might have been my first foreign film that blew me away. i got to watch all foreign films ever made. Do you think was Bill th- can see the question coming? Was there one for you, Bill? <laughs> I don't know that there was one for me. I mean, uh, some friends of my parents used to take me to Film Society when I was about 16, and oh. I saw some things that were really amazing. I saw Boonwell's Exterminating Angel and Woman of the Dunes. Yes, I know one of the films we've talked about. Oh, I can't be I mean, I found those films kind of wonderful and baffling. Mm. And those words of Bob Dylan's don't criticise what you can't understand. I don't know why they rang so strong for me when I was around that age, but they did, and I was always kind of intrigued, challenged Mm. by You're not a rebel, are you, Bill? Could hardly be called a rebel anymore, could I? (laughs) Oh, you can be. I was a terrible rebel at school. I got into trouble for writing about MASH in the school newspaper when it was R18, and I was... The funny thing was that I'd been sitting next to my maths teacher when I saw it, so <laughs> he was go. cool. I recall being shown South Park at Religious Studies. Some teachers, eh? I think it's slightly past halfway through. Wouldn't mind rattling off a few topics. I'm very curious. Go for it. I've already mentioned uh, Media Nearest, probably butchering that. That one I, I really sounds horrible. I, I saw myself in it, uh, <laughs> and I saw it a second time and, and cried with joy the entire time. That's me. You gush it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. Which I still haven't seen. So uh, I think that can easily be my pick thus far. Yeah. And Take Shelter as well. Yeah, I think that's pretty terrific. That was pretty that's incredible. Line, yeah. The Yellow Sea. Yep, definitely. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. Of all the um, see, there you go. Of all the Asian films, and uh, Thirteen Assassins as well, because he restrained himself. Thank God. <laughs> uh. 
and Mick's cut off, and I got down there to mention uh, Medianeris, which he just did, and Turin Horse, which I just did. My surprise. Did you see Michael? The yes. Pedophile film. I think that's a great film. Oh, absolutely. And the one that came out of nowhere was uh, Arcat in Paris. Oh yeah, that's Paris. a lovely film. I'm a cartoon animator by trade. I just had to see it to tick it off yeah. the list. Blew me away. Yeah. I was offered a plus one ticket to it for free. I think I turned it down, saying I can't watch a kids' film next year, bro. I'll ruin it for you. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Actually, Cave sold out, which irritates me. Cave. Yeah, I don't we like knew. Missing out. <laughs> I warned you, man. Yeah, I we knew you. that was going to happen because we just had so little access to the 3D screens. Yeah. We've got I extra penis. Yeah, I've got, I'm going to that. We couldn't get extra Cave of Forgotten Dreams because it sold out so quickly that mm-hmm. finally, I think, event cinemas realised they might actually benefit from playing it themselves. <laughs> Cheeky <laughs> buggers. <laughs> actually, That's I suppose extreme. you haven't seen Harry Potter 7 Part 2? I haven't seen Harry Potter 1. Yeah, I've led a very sheltered life. Just trying to think of other terrific films. Uh, Weekend. I really like Weekend, the gay brief encounter movie. But that's a film that has failed to catch on here. And I think maybe the um, fact that I used the words gay liberation in the program note might have turned off a lot of the <laughs> Put off those young younger boys. Yeah. Which is a pity. Yeah, I think that's a pretty terrific film. It's a surprisingly good film. Well, we know of all the audiences. My sister in Wellington definitely listens, so she's got no excuse. Get some film fest specs. Weekend. Yeah, <laughs> filmmakers with the short memories or temerity to call their films Weekend and Love Story in this, this year's <laughs> film festival. We had a point blank there the other day. Oh, yeah, point kinda... blank. Yeah, point <laughs> yeah. blank, of course. I enjoyed that, actually. Yeah, it's quite fun, isn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Alright, Bill's got work to do. He's off right. to Wellington tomorrow. I'm on my phone. Thank you very much, Bill. Okay, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Get some sleep. Yeah, yeah, I hope I do. But <laughs> it won't be tomorrow night with the sponsor's gal in uh, Wellington. Oh, it's a hard life. <laughs> it is, yeah, that sounds like fun, doesn't it? <laughs> hey, we just got back from the Yellow Sea. Fucking incredible film. This was what I've been looking for this fest. This was my Korean gangster film so far. This was everything The Man From Nowhere wasn't. Yeah. Just to be harsh one more time to The Man From Nowhere. I maybe wasn't harsh enough on The Man From Nowhere at the time. This has helped point that out. There is now no reason for The Man From Nowhere to exist. Yeah, I can exist, but there's certainly no reason for anybody to see it. Definitely, we would never <laughs> it recommend it. It wasn't even bad. But this one ticked all the same boxes and did them so much fucking better. What a great film. A guy who's in his money to pay some Korean gangsters, he's in China and so he gets told to go to Korea and kill somebody and um, mayhem ensues and there is fucking what we've been looking for there is one man with a hatchet versus 20 dudes with hatchets and knives a car chase with more action than you can expect but filmed beautifully and more wrecks to make the Blues Brothers hang their heads in shame even more knife fights and chases chases involving cars and feet man I felt those fucking where he's just like running yeah. for his life from either 20 gangsters or from like 30 police or from uh, dogs I know the other scene you felt because I felt it as well when those guys are trying to hold the door open and he's chopping all their fingers off with a hatchet yeah there was so many hatchets in this fucking film there was just axes lying everywhere <laughs> and there was like there was hatchets and knives and you're right there was used a couple of times in the door like trying to shove him into it try and lock him in a room he stabs his way out some dude grabs you and he's about to kill you you poke him a couple of times in the leg everybody was pulling out kitchen knives <laughs> big 15 16 centimeter blades were coming out of every coat pocket yeah you'd the... see all the henchmen quickly reach into their jackets and all all come out with kitchen knives. Yeah, they weren't <laughs> bowies, they weren't like commando knives, there were no serrated edges and shit. Rambo wouldn't carry them, they were all <laughs> carving knives. Fucking awesome. <laughs> but, you know what, I have a problem with knives, with slitting wrists, with maybe sometimes 
slitting throat, stuff like that. Sometimes cutting can be ten times grosser than guns or chainsaws or whatever. Yeah. Could have been bad. It never was. Not even once. It was all great gore. Exactly. Most of the time it was covered by clothes as well. So there, there was shit tons of blood everywhere. Shit tons of blood. Shit tons of action. There was a good plot. It wasn't just like we've got all these fights we want to get on screen, so we need to make up a plot. There was a lot going on. You had to really concentrate to follow. I don't think it ever. Got I away. was concentrating. I didn't follow it. It didn't really matter. You still knew who the good guys and bad guys were. But it, there was actually a few times when I didn't know, didn't realise Muon was now whatever. That guy is now versus that guy. I didn't realise he'd sort of changed teams. Yeah. It actually made it more interesting. Because we were only halfway through and there's a big chase scene, I actually didn't know who's the goodie and who's going to win. It made it more exciting. That's true. And Mr. Muon, like there's three dudes. There's the dudes we're following. There's the Korean gangster and there's a Chinese gangster. If you want to sum it up as simple as that. And the Chinese gangster you see at the start, you assume he's done with. An hour into the film, halfway through, he comes back and he's like the fucking Terminator. It's incredible. With his aviators on. And he's getting as much, if not more, screen time than our hero. Yeah. Who's off in the corner bleeding somewhere. Those two were just unstoppable. They could survive anything, but not to a ridiculous level. It was realistic, yeah. It they didn't would... piss you off like when Sam Witwicky survives a gunship crash. They just had a smash up and he was the one to walk away. But, I mean, that could happen. Yeah, the other guy's limping away. He's been stabbed in the leg, now he's limping. Or he's been bleeding from the arm, but he, he dressed the wound and it was only really a <laughs> yeah. gash. What I want to talk about, if I can, is the main guy with his hat and his little trimmed goatee and shit eating. I enjoyed every scene of him. Every time he was on screen, I was loving it. Whether it was just to lie down in his house, whether it was to visit his daughter, whether it was to play Mahjong and get pissed off and flip the table. What I really liked were the stakeout scenes. Him slurping down those noodles in the Star Mart. Love all that shit. Him eating those hot dogs on a stick and stuff like that. Stuffing those hot potatoes in his mouth and chewing and it was all hot and it was just he was looking really good eating on screen I don't know why good eating? yeah did you not see any of that? Fuck, I it was, saw all of it I didn't I don't know what he was doing but it was awesome it looked like everything looked too hot for him he was nah it was that little thing his face was perfect. It's one way to sell a movie. <laughs> that guy looks really good eating. Yeah. My favourite was the, the stakeout as well, but watching how he was going to... Um, the lights were on sensors. Yeah, that was good. Up the stairs. That scene went on for so long, his stakeout and how he was planning to do that. He went up and acted the whole thing, even <laughs> to the point where he practised chopping the thumb off and stuff. Yep. Sitting on different stairs and then watching other guys do it, timing it, writing it down on his calendar. All, all silent. Cool. No talking to anybody. He was just doing the actions. There was nothing happening on screen except him doing it and we were figuring it out at the same time. Yeah. Like, what's he doing sitting on the stairs? Why is he waiting for the lights to go off? Why is he triggering that timer? Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Oh, he's clever. Oh, I see. This is fucking genius. Yeah. I loved all that. It was like watching um, Charles Bronson put his gun in an exploding apartment together and the mechanic. mechanic. It was like watching a, a master at his work. But just like Point Blank, this was an ordinary guy thrown in over his head who does extraordinarily well in the situation he's in, which I liked seeing. Absolutely. This one was really brutal and it was exhausting. It just kept going and going. There was so many chases, so many bits, so many fights, so many gangsters, so much blood, so many hatchets. The fucking gangsters after that fight where they're all bandaged up and they're sitting around eating like meat bones cooked in a big pot and they're all gnawing away and all bandaged up and shit. Ah, not so, to go back to eating, but... <laughs> then he goes to work on that guy with a bone. When the other guys break in then, he just grabs a bone and starts squelching their heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he like grabs like a cooked up thigh bone and just starts wailing on the bad guys, or the good guys. Uh, who knows at that stage? And they pulled a man from nowhere trick when he walked into a room with a hatchet, and then we cut to the other guy for a bit. When we cut back to the room, 
everyone was dead. I thought of that. I thought to myself, now, we just ragged on Man From Nowhere for cutting out of the fight scene. Yeah. But this was done beautifully. So good. Didn't need to show that fight because they showed... We already knew he was a fucking ninja. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It was just like, what was that film we saw with Donnie Yen going from one part of China to the uh, other? Lost Blazeman. Lost Blazeman. He shuts those uh, doors to the town <laughs> yeah. and opens it again. It can be done well, but not when you cut the entire thing out and replace it with cheese like Man From Nowhere. Yeah, or dry it five times in a row like Man From Nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good scene these dudes um, just battle that shit out the car scenes the truck smashes and he's always running that guy's got a lot of cardio he'll do well in a zombie apocalypse and he was trapped a couple of times as well trapped in these situations that he get, he's stuck in the apartment the cops are coming from down below jumps out the window trapped on a bus Oh, everything but about even it like when fucking... he has to jump out the window he slides halfway down the drain pipe then there's cops above him there's cops below him and he's just like well he's caught there's like 20 cops he's yeah 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 he does so I gotta smash that window run over there jump over there and somehow he made it believable and there's nothing clever about it it's just like how's he gonna get away I don't know but there's 30 cops behind him I'm just gonna him. keep running until they all fuck up and smash into each other and eventually all <laughs> yeah running over the mountain yeah fucking incredible there is some suspension of disbelief is that what you say little bit they did survive too much it was slightly cartoony like that but it was a Korean gangster film this is what we're going for we want to see old boy beat down an entire corridor with a hammer yeah. well instead we get this guy beat down an entire ship full of gangsters with a hatchet <laughs> 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 fucking awesome and then he jumps in the water and the boss is like get after him and they all run down the wrong way only the boss has got the balls to jump in the water after him it was like oh Mr. Muin you're fucking awesome <laughs> and the crowd loved it I'd recommend this to anybody and everybody if you can handle a bit of ultra violence if you can handle a bit of slashing and gore and you can pay attention to plot it was to. one of the few, maybe the first one we've seen that's run over midnight in this fest so far. It's the only one on my 40 schedule that sneaks past 12. Oh, it actually, seemed like a midnight crowd. Yeah, and let's tell them, we had a big day today. Speaking of ninjas. <laughs> we saw three films that wrapped up at midnight. Rialto finished The Giants, Quarter of an Hour, Cross Town Hoon, from Rialto Newmarket to Sky City Theatre, where we watch Martha Macy May Marlene. Then four minutes from Sky City Theatre, run down to Queen Street, run up to Event Queen Street or the rocket ship, whatever you're going to call it. We were fucking on fire. Dedication. Slicing through the, the little car park behind AAT Centre. Slippery shoes, rainy Slipping streets. in the rain. However, you have just ruined the editing magic. That's a shame. Guess what? We lie to you every now and then. Yeah, this, this is top three. I'm going to have ten in my top three for this year. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to slot these in. My top three at the moment is Medianeris, A Separation, and Take Shelter. Oh, Take Shelter. Fuck, I was going to say mine is a 13 Assassins, Yellow Sea, and Martha Macy May Marlene, and Take Shelter. And some others. <laughs> and that's only because you had to take Taxi Driver out because it's not current. Anyway, we're only halfway through this thing, so we'll get back with our tops later on. Yeah. I'm sure that's what everyone cares about. It's 2.30 in the morning. Oh, Holy shit. Over.